number of raids on the premises uncovered illegal immigrants. An application for a review due to be discussed by Pembrokeshire County Council's Licensing Submittee Committee next week states that the Home Office believes licensing objectives will not be met at Bombay Brasserie. At the time of the Home Office application, the license holder of the Vine Road restaurant was listed as Werner Erold Fuchs, a report to committee states. We have reason to believe the license holder will fail to meet the licensing objectives of prevention of crime and disorder as illegal working has been identified at the premises the Home Office application reads. Included with the application to the committee on May the 30th is reference to three visits to the premises where illegal workers were discovered with employer Fazler Raman present. The last raid was on April the 13th where one man without permission to work was found. In August 2018 the report adds a civil penalty of £15,000 was issued after two illegal workers were found in November 2018 as another worker was found. The civil penalty remains unpaid according to the Home Office. Theresa May's turbulent leadership of the Conservative Party will end on June the 7th, paving the way for a new Prime Minister to lead the Brexit process. A tearful Prime Minister said she had done my best to get her withdrawal agreement through Parliament and take the UK out of the European Union, but acknowledged she had failed. It is and will always remain a matter of deep regret to me and I have not been able to deliver Brexit, she said in Downing Street. Watched by husband Philip and her closest aides, an emotional Mrs May said it was the best interests of the country for a new Prime Minister to lead that effort. Announcing her departure from a job she loved, Mrs May said, I am today announcing that I will resign as leader of the Conservatives and Unionist Party on Friday the 7th of June so that a successor can be chosen. Concluding her resignation statement, Mrs May broke down as she said it had been the honour of my life to serve the country that I love. Priscilla Pembrokeshire MP Stephen Crabbe said, I've supported the Prime Minister over the last three years, both in public and in private, and I believe she has done her very best against almost impossible odds, and I thank her for that. And in Pembrokeshire sport, Christian Bennett has spoken. After leaving his position as manager of Haken United, Bennett, a distinguished former player with the Vikings, took over the first team at the end of 2015 to the 2016 season, following the departure of Gary Dawes. At that point, it appeared he had a rebuilding job on his hands, and yet with the assistant Stuart McDonald, led the club to back-to-back Division One titles. They also won the Senior Cup in the 2017-28 season to complete the double and whilst the side failed to add any silverware in their last campaign, they still reached a West Wales Cup semi-final. I'm Toby Ellis, and you're up to date with Pembrokeshire's News. For competitions and local news, follow Pure West Radio on Facebook. Pure West Radio. Yeah, that news was going so well till he mentioned... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> you're back. I am, with our very special guest, Jack yes. Cooper, from the Pembrokeshire Prospectors Metal Detecting and Club. I, people are thinking, I must be very quiet, but I am absolutely fascinated. You're loving seeing the shiny, shiny things, right? I like the shiny things, but it's just sat here, it's absolutely fascinating listening. It's like having a, a history lesson in the studio. But, uh, Jack, that's what it's about, isn't it? Yeah, I, I when I first took up detecting some 30-odd years ago... I immediately wished that I'd paid more attention to my history teacher. Maybe I'd have become an archaeologist, I don't know. But but yes, it starts to develop your interest in history mm. and local history. 
we were talking during the news about the Spanish coin mm. and theorising about how it ended up in Pembrokeshire. Yes, we had because, the romantic notion. <laughs> well, there are there are already competing theories. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what what I mean for for those that obviously can't see it and we don't have the ability to show it you because this is a radio show. Yes. Um, it's a slightly rectangular lump. lump lump of silver with an impression on either side that looks a bit like somebody's tried to stick a coin into play doh. Yes, basically. Um, you know, it's very yeah. nondescript. But that coin, that eight reals oh. coin was made by slave labor in South America under the Spanish conquerors was then put into the, the hold of a ship somehow found its way to West Wales and we, you have the most romantic notion <laughs> don't you Jack well I I personally think the only way it got into a field in Pembrokeshire is that it was taken from the Spaniards by pirates who were then unloading their haul from the large vessel in the haven onto their smaller tender vessels. This tender was then rowed ashore. It then was pulled up onto this field for repair and it rotted away because all the rivets were found around it and this lump of silver ended up in a Pembrokeshire field. Falling out the pirate's Ooh. booty. Mm. Yeah, but your theory was slightly well, different. Well, because Pembridge has a notable pirate, doesn't it? It did. Barty yeah. D. Barty. Barty. Yeah. Black Bart. Black Bart. Yeah. But you right. had a different theory, though, didn't you? Well, my my notion, well, the first thing I saw of it was that, um, of course, being on the far west of Britain, mm. um, very mindful that um, the Spanish Armada, after it had gone all the way up the North Sea, round the top of Scotland, down the coast of Ireland. Some did come through the Irish Sea, which would have put them on our coast side, but yeah. the majority didn't. And it's entirely feasible that uh, one of the Spanish, Spanish Armada ships actually pushed this far, well, mm. would have been west for them, an easterly sailing for them, which would have brought them off the Pembrokeshire coast. Yeah. Well, there is one breaking up at the moment at Freshwater West. There we are. But the coins coming off of that are only 300-year-old. They're the modern pieces mm -hmm. of eight, mm -hmm. circular pieces of eight. So we have competing ideas. Was yes. it was it an armada ship? Or was it the pirates? Or was it pirates? pirates. I like. If the only my piece of silver could, could talk. talk. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what they all say. Yeah. But I mean, we're, we're getting all. I mean, we're getting really excited about. I mean, this coinage on the table uh, that dates right the way back to um, you know, the medieval period. Um, we were talking about the portraits mm. and how, oh, and right, how yeah. remarkably mm. good quality they were. And they needed to be, didn't they, Jack? They had to have a really good portrait because you needed to know who the king or queen was and what they looked like. Oh. But it was very difficult on Henry II because they weren't portraits in then. Days. They weren't. You know, the Henry II is... I think the first to use portraits was uh, Henry the Seventh, wasn't it? it? To have an artistic portrait. To have an artistic portrait, mm. yes, yes. Because his very early coins were like all of the other preceding medieval coins. Yeah, yeah. In, in just, fact, it was a bloke in a funny hat. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the King John was exactly the same. Curly hair, funny hat. 
as as Richard the Lionheart. Hmm. Um, well, they were brothers, but the coinage was the same. Oh, I mean, I I could never. I you know, you got an Edward and an Edward one, two, one, two three, and three are very difficult so, to tell apart. <laughs> you, got to, you you end up counting the little bumps and dimples on yeah, the coin yes, to yes, yes. Um, find out where it was minted oh, right. and, and stuff like that. But Henry the Seventh, because he'd usurped the throne, he wanted to, you know, his claim to the throne was having his face yeah. recognisably put onto the coinage. Ah. And so he was the first to do it. Henry the Eighth and Elizabeth and Mary, they all followed suit and they're all immediately recognisable. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And of course their subjects would have had this this money in their pockets. Would they have really cared about what their king or queen looked like when they're struggling for money? Uh, yes, you see. I, I, th- I that, think that, that's Henry the Seventh. Probably would. And 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 it's t- still just a series of dots and squirrels. Yeah, you see, if you if we turn him over and look at his um, line, you up. He's that way up. There you go. He is just like an Edward the First, Second, it Third. It is Henry. Yeah, the, yeah. Know, but as you Henry say, straight <laughs> after that, as you say, dog's ear hair and looks like the spaniel. Yeah, spaniel. Well, spaniel ears hair. Yeah. 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 Curly, curly, curly uh, spaniel ear hair and, and a crown. crown. But his yes. next series of coins, because that's it, that that dates it to quite an early series of Henry the yeah. Seventh as well. Agree. Do you know? I don't know. It's sort of that's worth over a thousand quid. My goodness! <laughs> 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 I just put that very politely. <laughs> That's not what I would normally come out with. The eight real. Go on, have a guess. Go on. No, 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 no. Have a guess. Have a guess. The eight real. Couple of grand. No, God, no, 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 no. It's foreign. Oh, couple of hundred. Forty quid. Really? You can you can buy them on the internet for forty fifty quid. A really nice one like that, you probably get a hundred. And yet something Mm. like that coin that I've just looked at Mm. with the spaniel is. And that's worth that much more because it's of its rarity. Ah, they those cobs, as they called uh, the piece of eight. Yeah, uh, there's been a lot of them on wrecks. Yeah, that have been bought up, and and you can buy them on the internet now for. There's American say, eBay 50, sites, there's, uh, American treasure sites, because it, off the uh, Florida coast particularly, mm. they have um, they've excavated dozens of these Spanish treasure ships. Oh, mm. right. They're just sank in storms, yeah, carrying tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of those things mm. in their bellies, and of course, they're, they're doing it for for um, financial gain, mm. which is legitimate well, because yeah. you know. Yeah. We all know what they are. They're not robbing history, no. but they're giving people the opportunity to, to own one of them. Own, own one of them. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, you can go. You, you can go to a lot of museums. In fact, was it the? I'm sure it was the museum in uh, the National Museum that was selling shipwreck pottery a few years ago. Um, teacups and saucers that oh, came the chi- off the Chinese. That's right. The Chinese, the Chinese pottery. Yes, pottery, that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that came off a shipwreck. And in fact, um, the Royal Mint in 2015, 14, 15, made a coin from the SS Garsopper, Garsopper, mm-hmm. um, which was shipwreck silver that had been recast into modern coinage. Oh, gosh. A silver coin, a uh, sterling silver coin, that was made from shipwreck treasure from a, a ship that was sunk in the First World War. 
Mm. So, um, yeah, we're still doing it today. Yeah. Um, some manufacturing. So, but it's, we're getting all, as I said, we're getting all excited about these shiny bits of mm. aluminium foil, <laughs> uh, silver foil. Yes. Because that's how thin they are, really. They are, they're like really, really, really thin. It's like bits of uh, silver foil. It's amazing how they've survived under the plow. But your, your group have found much older things, haven't you? I mean, we're talking thousands of years older. Well, the recent discovery is the um, upturned chariot burial. But, uh, it, at the moment, that's secret undercover and, and yeah. quite secret. nobody knows where it is <laughs> <laughs> what well, is there anybody that doesn't know where it is <laughs> answers on facebook <clears throat> but you yourself bronze age axe heads there we go you're yeah. gonna rub it in now aren't you well because no, that was always high on my that was top of my list of yeah. things to find yeah um the bronze axe was it's an axe head. It's made of bronze. It's from the yeah. Bronze Age, which is three thousand BC, yeah. two and a half thousand BC, five thousand years ago. Yeah, I can I can remember as if it was yesterday when I found that because. Go on, I'll give one, you the moment. One, one, once <laughs> again, <laughs> once you again you've got this wish list, and, uh-huh. and, and an axe head was always on it, and and I had this signal, and it just kept getting deeper and deeper, and and. This particular field had copper rods in it from the old aerials. Mm -hmm. And I had assumed that this is what I was digging. And I was developing quite a mound while excavating for whatever my signal was. Mm -hmm. And swung the detector head over the hole again. And it had gone. And I looked at my last shovel fall and it was just slid down. <laughs> I think they could have heard me in Milford Haven. Uh, and it was a beautiful axe head. Um, and it was a transition. It wasn't one that I recognised mm-hmm. because it didn't have the strengthening bar on both sides. Um so I rang the fines liaison officer, told him what I got. Um, at our next meeting, he took it away with him, and sure enough, it was an unusual one. Um, but they handed it back to me, and uh, when I take it round to give talks, I let people hold it and mm-hmm. feel it in the hand, and they're amazed at how heavy it is, mm-hmm. and the edge is still fairly sharp after 5,000 years. That axe, we were talking about Roman coins, mm. Ronnie. Uh, that axe was was the same distance from the Romans that we were. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm. That gives you an idea of how long... And when you see the quality of them when they're made. And that, that's the other thing that I can't... I can't get my head around. How did they come to ever manufacture bronze... Because bronze is an amalgamation mm-hmm. of tin and copper. Now, the copper, how did they realise that copper could be smelted out of a piece of stone? I might be able to help a little bit uh, because uh, were they, this is from an archaeologist colleague of mine. Um, the, in the Middle East, where they started 
bronze production another 1500 years before we got it yes um copper does form natively in those areas so it's actually as a as a metal um, within the rock so it's not as an ore right it actually forms what's called native copper and the rocks they the theory is that these rock these copper bearing rocks were just being used as rocks you know supporting fires or and of course the copper melted yeah that, that, and they noticed that this copper was melting the copper was melted when it stopped melting it became this hard shiny stuff again yeah. and you know when man it then they were as intelligent as we are now but they then had to discover tin mm-hmm. and they then had to melt the tin out of the rock mm-hmm. and they then had to do amalgamate the two to alloy the two so your tin and your copper made your bronze and, in the, and it was an incredible it's not just a thrown together amalgamation because there is a spe- specific amount of tin to bronze ratio yeah. because it lowers the melting point of the copper and raises the hardness index of the copper so it becomes a much more usable tool and the temperature i mean the the, the amazing temperatures and all they had was charcoal mm-hmm. burners and animal bellows mm-hmm. skin skin bellows 620 degrees celsius so they had to physics so if anybody was to say to modern man go and make me a bronze axe how would you go about it? <laughs> <laughs> well, just using what they had in those days. Well, you can actually find out because if you go up to Castle Hensis, yeah, um, and I nearly did over the bank holiday. Oh. I was like, came within an inch of actually signing up. There was a um, make your own bronze axe head. Was there, was there indeed um, and they, yeah. they're, they're running it later in the year so I, right. might, I might actually catch it the next time around but you actually go along and I, 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 I don't think you go through the, the entire crushing and smelting and roasting of the ore and all that stuff um, but so you they've actually, got ready made bronze I think they must have the, the, the metal must be ready <laughs> so made so they've cheated a little but bit yeah. you, you do all of the later manufacturing yes, yes, and you yes, come yeah, away okay. with I think it's £60 yeah, right, okay. for the for the afternoon or for the day session mm. and you end up with this and I was like well I'm going to get one one day I'll make my own <laughs> <laughs> it might be 5,000 years difference but but, you'll uh, make yes. but yeah, yeah. Um, so you know if, if anybody wants to make their own Bronze Age axe if they don't have a detector and don't get incredibly lucky, lucky. <laughs> and there is a huge element of luck isn't it how many oh. how many aluminium ring pulls have you removed from Pembrokeshire yes <laughs> Before I found my axe head, yes, yeah. yes, or, or even last time you went out <laughs> in the field, yeah, hundreds and hundreds of them. Yeah. But you know, I mean, I used to get really excited as well with horseshoes because there were so many different types and variations of horseshoe. Yeah, uh, and in fact, I think we still got one, uh, one that I found in a field nearby where I live now. Um, that was an unusual one used by the pit ponies. Yeah, I've got two in the back of my car at the moment. There we are. Because sometimes, depending on the site you're on, um, we were talking about iron before and saying that, you know, ideally you want the precious metals. But on some sites, all metal is precious. Mm. Um, Battlefield sites, particularly because the armour or the the weaponry was predominantly steel-based or iron-based. So you want to find all... You're never going to find a cannonball if you set to gold. No, no, no. Another interesting item 
well, I find it foot patterns. Oh yeah. You know, if if it, uh, about that. purely because they're cylindrical, they do fool even detectors which are switched to discriminate. And I like the the, the various shapes of of the foot patterns. Foot pattern being the forerunner of the Wellington boot, <laughs> which to keep ladies' finery out of the mud. You wore a little stilt of of steel. Um, like Lady Gaga does. <laughs> well, yeah, very heels. similar, high heel shoes. Yes, heels, yeah. Yeah. high heel shoes. Yeah, the yeah. There are there are ch- churches in Sussex where um, they've still got a sign saying, um, "Will gentlemen please remove their spurs and ladies their foot patterns before walking into the church?" Because they clank, clank, clank. Have you found any spurs? Spurs, mm. yes, because yeah, they were quite common as a fashion item even up until the Victorian era, weren't mm. they? And people get all excited about these spurs, and you know, no, they're not. They're, they're like a modern. <laughs> Later version of them, yeah. the very long and elaborate medieval version. Yeah, no, the, the, the spurs and the, the spur buckles. Mm-hmm. You find those. What's the most common thing you find? Discounting the rubbish. So the discounting rubbish. the musket balls. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let, let's forget musket balls and forget ring pulls and modern scrap. Well, I, I like in this, this area. What's what's Pembrokeshire sort of notable for? Because Cheshire, it was, it was, it was Georgian buckles. <coughs> or Roman coins? I don't think there's a field in Pembrokeshire that hasn't got a cow horn cap. Oh. Now that, yeah, that, that surprises me because I didn't realise it was such a dairy area. Well, it, it, it surprised me, but, but when you go out detecting and you, you come away with nothing... Um, or you're coming away with nothing, you're bound to end up finding a cow horn cap. <laughs> uh, you know, it's... it's uh, this was just literally a little piece mm, of metal that the... Went on, yeah. yeah. Stop yeah. it hurting anybody. Mm. Yeah, stop, stop the cows with horns. They had horns once upon a time. Yes, And yes. it's to stop them goring each other. Um, they'd person. screw these onto the... But it's surprising how many farmers... When I, when I go to give these talks, I take some artefacts along, like... A foot pattern mm-hmm. and cow horn caps, um, and it's surprising farmers don't even know what a cow horn cap is nowadays, because they're not used. Yeah. They just cut the horns off. Yeah. <laughs> I would have thought that maybe the spindle world would have got a the lead spindle weight. A spindle world, yeah. <sighs> But I love spindle whirls, especially the old medieval ones and with the decoration well, on them. And yeah, some of them, I mean, some of them were definitely, up in Cheshire at least, were Viking by the Pat Nation and them. Right. They've been compared okay. by archaeologists who said they were Vikings. Mm. So, um, but that, even that was contentious, whether they were net weights or spindle weights <laughs> or spinning weights or rabbit weights or there was a whole yes, manner yes, of these. Yes. I, they, they were incredibly common in fields. These they, they look for all the world because the lead corrodes to a white, um, dusty cover. Uh, they look like polo mints, don't they? Decorative yeah. polo mints. Yeah, as you, as you <laughs> say, you've got the, the white lead oxide. Which is uh, toxic, by the way. Which is toxic, yes. <laughs> Wash your hands after you've handled them. 
But I have found them, and I was told one that I did find, I actually found it alongside a portion of a Roman brooch, mm -hmm. a stone one, which could have been Roman. Mm -hmm. We'll never know. They were they were never even the archaeologists, uh, the finds liaison officers at Portable Antiquities never could date them, yeah. um, unless they had a distinctive pattern. Um, they were anything from the Roman era through to the medieval medieval period. period. Yeah, and of course, why wouldn't they be? Because the technology worked, it was functional, and they wouldn't need to change it. Yeah. The most common theory, I think, doing the rounds was that these were because of where they were found, because they were in all fields and people weren't going out spinning bits of yarn in the middle of the fields is that these were the weights off rabbit nets and that they were oh, putting right. yeah you know the net had long since rotted yeah. away leaving these weights mm. all over the place or they would fall off mm. um, but they also they did we they did have spinning spindle whirls in the fields i mean those with decoration around them some of them were really quite elaborate for a blob of lead as well yeah but it, you wouldn't use that on a fishing net, would you? No. I mean, those were definitely spindle whirls. Those were the with the um, the V's mm -hmm. and the dots mm -hmm. as a decoration. I think I've still got a couple of dozen of the damn things at home. Mm. Some of them are just they look just like polo mints. They're just completely flat discs. Really? Quite heavy, but yeah. And some of them are incredibly ornately decorated. Yeah. Um, really, really fast. Well, you know, I'm just looking at the time and realizing that. This is either going to be a very long show, or we'll just stay here till Toby comes in. Um, but I'm sure the guests would object. Yeah, or we're going to have to we're going to have to start winding things up. Yes. If people have a passion to discover more and to see some of these finds, you, you you said several times that you you do talks. Are there any talks coming up that people can attend? Uh, or, or if people want you for their WRVS or Farmers Guild or just get in touch with the club. Okay, and how can they get in touch with the Pembrokeshire Prospectors? There's a site called the Pembrokeshire Prospectors site. Website. Website. Easy thing, just Google it. Just Google it. There you yeah. go. See, I, I love and, Google. And, and my sec the secretary of the club will then ask which of the members mm -hmm. is available, mm -hmm. and uh, we'll go out and... and now, some detector clubs also offer a search service, don't they? Well, and, if we, you, and, and we do. If you've lost... got. If you've lost your wedding ring or the tip lost of your, your wedding ring, or, or, or you've thrown it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my husband and I had an argument. <laughs> and On he, Broadhaven <coughs> Beach. <laughs> no, no, in our kitchen. Oh. And I threw the ring at him. Unfortunately, the kitchen window was open at the time. <laughs> and it went into the field outside. We've done everything to find it, and we cannot find it. Would you please come up and have a look for it? Is that still a free service by detectorists? Yes. It used to always be. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. It's, it's, that's one of my thrills is actually finding a wedding ring and being able to give I it back to them. I got asked once on a beach. Mm. Well, that was a hiding to nowhere. It, and this was three months after it had been lost. Um, it, it, was, it was never going to be found. Um, the most bizarre one was to, and th this took place up on Anglesey, was to help um, the landowner find his cold water pipe, which he knew was under the lawn because mm. it entered the house. Yeah. So we knew the start point of it. He just didn't know where didn't. he went no, across no, the lawn. No. And he was having um, works done in the garden and he didn't want 
to dig it up and to puncture dig it, it up or puncture it. So we had to track this thing across the uh, the lawn for him. Surprisingly <laughs> difficult, actually, because you think, oh, well, it's going to be dead easy. Yeah, yeah. no. Um, yeah. But at some point in the 1970s, they replaced a big section of it with plastic. Oh, that's <laughs> Oh, that's it. That's it. Yeah. So we were like, well, it was going in a straight line there. So mm. let's assume it kept going in a straight line over there. Mm. Uh, there, was a, there was a slight, because plastic's a bit more flexible. Yeah. They'd put the plastic in to bend it round a tree. So we just did, we just started doing circles out mm. from where we and then we eventually found it again. Found both ends. Found the other end and then um, we found yeah. it. Yeah. Because we knew where the stopcock was. And we knew where the house one was. What we didn't know was what was in the middle. What was in the middle, no. And, yeah. you know, you assume it's, it was far from a straight line directly. You know, you just draw a straight line. Oh, there's the pipe. No. If you'd have dug in a straight line, you... Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Um, yeah, Jack, it's been an absolute delight. And I'm, I'm definitely going to get you back in again. Um, because we've barely scratched the surface. It's been fantastic. I use a small shovel to scratch the surface. Yeah. And, and you're going to get yourself a detector. Now. I think next time, <laughs> cat. I did. Warn yeah, you. I think by the next time uh, we have you on, which won't be in the, 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 it won't be in the distant future. I think I'll be talking to you about my new metal detector. Yes. <laughs> because you sat here with this. It, it's been amazing watching your face tonight. It's a real change from the ghosts. I tell it you. It is, and it, it was. It's just you've had this fascination on your face. This look of envy at certain times. <laughs> I've been completely bored about the whole thing. Of course you have, yeah. Jack, thank it's been you an absolute so much. delight and an absolute pleasure. And uh, in honour of the pirates that uh, rode ashore, I'll play our normal ba baby shark play out song. Also for the boys because they were watching the Meg the other night. And for me as well, yeah, because I don't like it. I know. Mm. Reminds you of the school run. Hey, you're on half term this week. Hello. Good night, everybody. Night.
James no Take it to the next level, baby, do you dare? Don't be scared Cause if you can say the words, I don't know why I should care Cause here I am, I'm giving all I can But all you ever do is mess it up Yeah, I'm right here, I'm trying to make it clear That getting half of you just ain't enough I'm not gonna wait until you're done Pretending you don't need anyone I'm standing in naked I'm standing in naked I'm not gonna try to
was your bridal So I could be close to your lips again I know you didn't call your parents And tell them that we ended Cause you know that they'd be offended Did you not want to tell them it's the end? And I know I'm not supposed to talk But I'm getting ahead of myself I get scared when we're not Cause I'm scared you with somebody else So I guess that it's gone And I just keep lying to myself Oh, I can't believe it oh, I miss you, yeah, I miss you I miss you, yeah, I miss you Oh, I do Cause I'm a wanderer 
Radio.